My name is David Thibodeau, and welcome to the Sports for Social Impact podcast, the podcast that explores all the ways that sport can put purpose at the center of what they do to have the maximum impact. In this episode, we chat with Connie Wenting, who is the CEO of the Invictus Games, The Hague 2020, about what it means to the Netherlands to be hosting this edition of the Games. But before we get to that, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the Invictus Games movement and the foundation at a higher level to learn a bit more about how they're using sport to have a huge social impact. To do this, we spoke with Sam Newell, the Communications Director at the Invictus Games Foundation. Hi, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Sports and Social Impact podcast. Um, could you start off by you know, introducing yourself a bit to everybody listening? Yes, of course. Uh, great to be here. Thank David. Um, my name is Sam Newell. I'm the Communications Director for the Invictus Games Foundation, which is the, the charity behind the Invictus Games. Awesome. Um, so could you, um, could you tell us about the Invictus Games Foundation? Like what... Um, you know, sort of the history, where it came from, what, what you're doing, um, and, you know, outside of game time. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take you back to the beginning then. So it was in um, 2013 that our patron, the, the Duke of Sussex, visited the Warrior Games in America, which was uh, an adaptive sporting competition um, primarily for those who had been injured or fallen ill doing as a consequence of service. And he, he saw the game, he saw the powerful impact of sport on their recovery. But due to his own experiences of, of service and, and with other nations over in Afghanistan, he realized that actually there's an, another piece to this that could really help unlock the recovery benefit, and that's through making it international. So he had the idea then, let's let take this idea and, and globalize it, essentially. So the Invictus Games was born, born out of that experience of sport recovery and international participation. And we then set up the games in London in 2014, which at the time was kind of a, a one-off event. Let, let's let's build this and see what happens. And it was absolutely incredible. It, it just exceeded all expectations, even from the competitors up through to the to the organising committee. And it was you know, a couple of years after the Olympics. I think the the community really kind of bought into this and came along to support, but the crowd were amazing, the friend and family were amazing, the competitors were amazing. And what some people feared was going to be a glorified sports day turned into this incredibly impactful shared experience where people were able to, to recognize that they had this journey to go on to, but this was shared with all of the other people in the community. And that sport just provided that amazing catalyst to, to bring those people together. And so out of London 2014, there were people that came forward from... Uh, America, Australia, and and Canada to to host future games, and so we had the Orlando Games in 2016, the Invictus Game Toronto 2017, and then Invictus Game Sydney 2018, and and they became these regular beacons, and, and people were all trying to make their stamp and, and bring together this community, and it grew each time uh, with more nations joining. We were supposed to have the Hague Games in 2020, uh, but obviously. The- <laughs> The COVID pandemic had a role to play there, and, and these these guys have had to show their own form of resilience because they've they've had to push it back um, twice at the end. Yeah. In twenty twenty two, and then April coming up, we're going to have the fifth Invictus Games, and it's going to have twenty nations taking part. Uh, and what's 
what's great about that is that more nations are wanting to join and we're going to expand that community out down the line but it really speaks to what they get out of it is that the team mm -hmm. keep coming back and, and new competitors keep coming back and really benefit from from that community but what we've realized is that every year having a games was quite a lot of um, organization and, and, and work for those nations and, and the team managers within those countries. So we've now moved to a two-year cycle. So once we've got over this, this COVID kind of rejiggery, it will be just <laughs> in 2023. And then our intent is every two years. So the next game will be somewhere in North America in 2025. We'll be announcing a new host city uh, very soon. And but between that, there's an important gap to fill. So even though we've moved the game to two years, it's not as if once the game stopped, everyone is is okay and, and recovered and, and that's it. Okay, fine. Yeah. So we, we really worked hard in the last few years to, to shore up our efforts to support longer term and, and, and fill that gap in between and obviously extend the benefits of sport recovery and international collaboration to those people that don't get to go to a games. Only 500 competitors make it through to the game. So there's obviously all of those people that are still in their country that will still benefit from this community. So the foundation has developed uh, a number of programs that, that fill the gap. The main one is uh, an app called We Are Invictus, and that is a, a closed social media network to the community. You can only take part in this app if you are um, wounded, injured, or, or have fallen ill during or as a consequence of service. And there's boards on there for each country. And essentially, it's just a kind of collaboration tool where opportunities get posted out saying, here's tickets for the New York Marathon. Here's tickets for the London Marathon. Here's a bike ride taking place in Romania. Here's a, um, a competition taking place in Australia. And we just put them out there. People sign up. And we just keep them going, keep the conversations going, and fill that gap. Uh, and we also run our own events and challenges. And we also have a granting program called Invictus Endeavours. So people can apply for grants to put on their own sporting competitions or expeditions and really really reflect all the learning that we've gathered from doing the Invictus Games to use sport and adventure challenge to bring people together, heal together, recover together, and then move forward together beyond injury. Wow. I had, I had no idea that you did um, all these other you know, initiatives that you had um, going on at the foundation. I, I really had, you know, <clears throat> um, you know, I had a sense of, you know, obviously the games and, you know, that, you know, I'm from Canada, so I know that they were held in Toronto. And so I knew a bit about that, but I had no idea that you had all these other initiatives going on to, you know, to fill the gap between the games like that. That's, that's awesome. I, I, um, I had no idea. So I think that's, you know, super interesting. And so you started touching on it, on it a little bit in your answer before, um, but how exactly are you using sport to help people, right? So, you know, you have those initiatives, but what other ways do you see sport helping, um, you know, the wounded uh, ser servicemen and women, um, you know, during the games, after the games? Um, how do you see, how do you see sport playing a role in their, in their, you know, rehabilitation, their recovery? Absolutely. So I think um, that there's, there's a, a few different ways that we, we do this and, and sport is essentially, the catalyst through which we're trying to um, unlock all the other infrastructure around these people to, to help with their recovery. And we know sport is, is, is powerful because what it's essentially doing is establishing a, a framework, a set of rules and a team of people around you in order to achieve a common goal. 
And that goal is, is a stretch target. So there's some kind of competitive element to it. And we're really careful not to make it at the games about medals. We don't publish a medal table on purpose. It's about your own personal bet. It's about, you know, for a lot of people, getting to the start line means you've already won because you are now in a place where you couldn't see yourself being a few years before. And sport is providing that impetus and that catalyst for moving forward. And and where that stretches um, beyond the games is as little or as much as you like. And so we, we, we put on these regular challenges so that people have a, a sense of competition, a friendly rivalry and a bit of banter to, to run the furthest they could that day or, or, or faster than they did the day before. And just through those targets and through that, that sense of structure, it, it really just helped people kind of go, actually, I can do this. I can, I can move forward from the situation that I thought I was in and start to think about how that might apply outside of sport so then it becomes around re-engaging with your friends and your family members around you it becomes seeking employment or, or essentially kind of recalibrating how you're a part of your community again so in terms of long longitudinal impact we don't we don't see it necessarily as a journey to elite sport even though we do have a number of our competitors that go on to compete in the Paralympics that isn't the end goal the end goal is you defining what success looks like and and sport to provide that context in order to get there and for some people sport i mean for a lot of military people sport is part of your your training and development so they, they all have to do this fits but it's not always easy to get back into that once you new normal and, and uh potentially life-changing injuries or illnesses then um there, there are different ways in which we can approach sport so if it's just games or sporting competition but sometimes that's a lot. You know, there's a lot of media there, there's a lot of people there in the crowd, and then a lot of people taking place, taking part. So, uh, someone might just want to go on a massive expedition or a hike, and so that's why we're trying to find other ways of physical challenges being being offered. There's also adventure challenge. So some people want to climb a mountain, and that's the goal they want to set themselves. And so that's why we have the Invictus Endeavours Grant in order to support those kind of activities. And for the first time, actually, the Invictus Game Foundation are now reaching out into esports. And this can be either um, active esports, which is just facilitating physical activity through a kind of digital interface, like like Zwift and, and cycling, or it can be gaming. And it's all the kind of elements of that sporting competition then gets reapplied to gaming. So it's about providing that target, that infrastructure, that community, that sense of rebuilding confidence. And the end goal is, okay, I, I, I've shaken out of this this the situation I found myself in, and I now feel able to to recalibrate the wider piece around me. So it's sports, esports, and adventure challenge all has that capacity to really uh, really help those individuals kind of re. I've said recalibrate so many times. Sorry, recalibrate <laughs> the way they engage with themselves and their their employers or their friends and family. And it just it's about coping with the situation that they find themselves in. So for a lot of people. Now, they may have intended to be in the armed forces for for life or, or for their career, and that had been brought short from injury illness. And it 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 it's just that challenge about okay, what is next? What am I going to go on to do? And 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 that that changes. And the, the piece around the Invictus game that we're trying to to highlight is everyone's got that moment of 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 trauma in their in their journey, but that's not the whole story. They're now having to adjust to using um, their newfound disability or limitations 
and, and how they fit into society in that regard. And sport is such a, a brilliant leveling playing field in that regard. Wow. <laughs> like I, you know, I've, all of these things that you're talking about, um, I think, you know, I've never really heard of another sport organization, you know, doing all these things. And I, you know, I think that really sets you apart from a lot of other sport organizations, you know, whether, you know, higher, you know, higher professional elite sports down to grassroots sports, you know, like not, not presenting a, um, you know, metal, you know, medals and, you know, the medal count, um, you know, that's super interesting. And, and, you know, you're, fo- you're, you're focusing on sport as itself, not, you know, not sport as a competition. And I, and I wish that we did that more in the sport industry and, you know, the sport world, um, you know, we're focusing on the benefits of it, right. Not, not who's, yeah you know, you know the best <laughs> um you know I, I think that's a really good way of you know changing that focus right you know you know it's not about who's getting that gold silver or bronze it's about you know everybody participating and and to me that's what sports is about so you know i really love that you're doing that absolutely we i, re- I recently spoke to um a danish guy and his his daughter they came out to, to sydney and we spoke to them there and it's an incredibly emotional interview where she the daughter was saying um it's been so amazing to be here to support my dad and see the impact of his Invictus journey and it it, it makes people cry every time we, we see this video because she's very emotional saying I've got my dad back we we got in touch with them recently to kind of talk about you know how has it been and then the few years since the games and one of the things that her dad reflected on was sport for me was always about the winning and what Invictus Games has given him is there's this whole powerful element of it's just great to do sport and do physical activity. Mm-hmm. And he said they now play sports together, him and him and his daughter. And they never would have done that when two really competitive people, they said, would <laughs> always be about the winning and be annoyed if they hadn't won. Whereas now it's about the fact that they're spending time together. They have a relationship now that is brought together through sport and it's just an incredibly powerful way of, of them explaining it to, to realize that actually it, it helps create those relationships between yeah. between people and and you know that military people are always going to be competitive and i'm really competitive and of course people like winning and that's still important and that's what makes sport compelling but there's just that that other piece that really is just about it is it is generally yeah. taking part yeah i think we've i think we've forgotten you know we forget it a lot of times, right? We get very caught up in the moment. You know, I'm also an a former athlete. Um, you know, you get caught up in the moment. You, you know, everybody, yeah, as you said, you know, everybody likes winning, but, um, you know, we've, we've forgotten, you know, just how to have fun, right? And that's what sports yeah. is about. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, so, you know, that, that's that's a really be- beautiful story. And, and, you know, thank you for sharing. And, and I, yeah, you know, I think that really captures, you know, what 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 you're trying to do with with uh with the Invictus Games Foundation and and you know hosting all these games and their and their legacy and their future impact. Yeah. So one of the things that you that the Invictus Games Foundation did, uh, I think it was this past summer. Just I, I can't remember if it was before the Paralympics or after the Paralympics, but you were part one of the four sport orga- organizations that you know was part of the We the Fifteen campaign. Um, could you talk a bit about you know what this campaign is and you know what what you are trying to accomplish with it yeah absolutely uh, apologies you may have heard a um a cockerel crowing in the background there that's my doorbell ringing um so uh, if, if it came through the sound i apologize there um the 
So the Be The 15 campaign, yeah, was launched at the Live Paralympics and we were invited to take part along with the Special Olympics and the, and the Deaf Olympics as, as sporting organisations to ensure there would be a sporting event every year for the next 10 years that was highlighting the role that sport can play in raising awareness of the issues still faced by those with disabilities around the world. So there are many more organisations that are part of the Be The 15 campaign. It's got a huge level of, of, of support globally. But the, the, the main focus was, okay, there's going to be an event now every year for the next 10 years that will really highlight the way that sport can shine a spotlight on, on the issues around the world that, 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 that may not really be in front of people's minds at the moment. I think there's lots of, um, quite rightly, there's, there's lots of different kind of campaigns that are out there in terms of sport and, or and without sport trying to address social issues. But for the We The 15 campaign, it's drawing on that statistic that 15% of the world population have a disability and that it's it's universal. So this is something that affects every um, kind of race or sexual orientation or any kind of other demographic. Disability is still this kind of massive part of, of, of the people around the world that still face issues in, in terms of accessibility to, um, to employment or to for transport or for at various elements of, of their daily lives. And of that 15%, uh, it's roughly 80% have an acquired disability. So what's really important for us at the Invictus Games is what we're really highlighting is these are people that have had a life-changing injury or illness and are having to relearn how to be um, able to cope with that. And the fact that it's it's you know, they don't have disability, could society that kind of disabled them in that regard. And to how do we how do we support and shifting that narrative on um adjusting to the new normal in that regard. So that that's part of why we are really excited to be part of this and, and to kind of shape that demographic, shape that conversation in a slightly different way. Um mm-hmm. but what also really interesting and the stuff that we're learning is being part of that campaign is how many of those that 15% in the, in the global south uh, and how much of the things that we kind of take for granted affect those people um, with disabilities and stuff like accessible technology and, and VAT limitations and, or, or the inability to for, for things to travel around the world in order to have access to technology that help make their lives easier and the added cost that comes with that it's just one of the conversations that's been started a part of that campaign. So ultimately the broader piece of that campaign is, is shifting the narrative, shining a focus on that 15%. But over the next 10 years, there will be various campaigns and various ways in which that's going to be lifted. So the first part of the campaign, it's all about getting organisations to agree to be part of this campaign to help shine a spotlight on that population. Uh, And then each of those sporting events throughout the next 10 years will have them focused. And so in The Hague, coming up in April, uh, Andrew Parsons from the IPC will be be there to help raise awareness of that campaign. Okay, so, so why do you think the sport is such a powerful medium to talk about, you know, it, you know, in broader sense, like the issues of um, people with disabilities around the world, or, but, you know, specifically the issues and challenges faced by servicemen and women? Yeah, I think, um, well, there's, there's two elements here. One is that we have a focus on, on servicemen and women, as, as you say, and a lot of them have injuries or experiences of trauma that on the face of it may not necessarily be um, something that the, that the wider public can resonate with or, or feel like they're connected to. 
you know, oh, that's something that happened to someone in the army that doesn't apply to me. But actually what sport does is break down those barriers and show how universal this issue is of trauma recovery. Everybody has things in their life that makes it harder for them to feel like they can do things, whether that's physical or, or, or mental. And through showing these sporting achievements with this cohort, we're hoping to really kind of broaden that conversation to say anybody can, can get up and do these things because these people have done this and this is how they've done it and this is how they're talking about it. So this is how we can help you learn to talk about it in that way. So one thing is, is, is sport is a powerful medium because it is helping make something really universal. And I think the second part of the answer is, is, is exactly that point that everyone can take part in sports. And, and I think, you know, me personally, when I left left school and left university, I found it really hard to keep sports as part of my life. Because I feel like it's only accessible if you are an elite sports person or you're really good at it. And mm-hmm. I think actually it's really important to show, as we were talking about earlier, that everyone can take part in sports and it's not about winning. There's this whole element of sport being accessible for everyone and, and, and powerful for everyone and, and just, just fun to take part in. And specifically for servicemen and women in in regard to their recovery, uh, there's it's unpicking what happens when you go through trauma, and you you may kind of find the world not making sense the way that you thought it would. You know, this happened to me. How do I come out of that and and reengage with society? What sports does is create a, a Specialized, it's, it's an arena in which you, you're going to take part. You know what the rules are, you know what you're trying to achieve, and you know roughly what's going to happen. And so if you're dealing with the, a struggle with, with PTSD or, or with other elements of trauma and you want to know how to move forward, that's almost a safe space in order to re-engage with the people around you. So that's why it's such a powerful medium specifically for our community. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you just said, and I, and that, you know that what you were saying about you know after leave, you know leaving your university was you found it hard to engage with sport. I you know I resonate with that a lot as well. You know when I graduated from university, I also found it difficult to you know stay engaged with sport. Um, yeah. So you know it, it yeah it's it's really interesting how sport you know as you say is you know one hundred percent universal, right? Even if you don't you know even if you don't play a sport, which you know organizations like you know Invictus Games Foundation and and, you know, others are, you know, trying to change and make it more, you know, more practiced. Um, you know, even if you don't play a sport, you know what they are, right? Yeah. So, you know, they, they are universal and they, they reach everybody. Um, so, yes, Sam, thank you once again for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Um, do you have any last thoughts or any last messages that you'd like to share with you know, anybody listening? Yeah, well, I think... Um... One thing we're really excited about with the Invictus Games is it's creating a, a new set of, of adaptive sporting competitions. So we're really excited to kind of build on that. And, and if there are particular sports that we think are out there, then we're always excited to try try new things. Um, the, the second thing I'd just say, if anyone's listening and, and there's still time, get your tickets to come along to the Invictus Games, The Hague, this April. Um, and then it's in Dusseldorf in 2023. So I think it's it's one of those experiences that really should be uh, part of your bucket list. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Once again, um, we are about to chat with Connie Wenting. So everybody listening, um, you know, stay tuned for that. So we just had a really fruitful and interesting dialogue with Sam from the Invictus Games Foundation. 
Um, I thought it was you know, extremely enlightening and I loved having him on so much. It was a super interesting conversation and I'm really looking forward to everybody listening to the next part of this the next part of this episode with uh, Connie Wenting, who is the CEO of the Invictus Games, The Hague 2020, about what she hopes the impact and the legacy is of this edition of the games. So here's how that conversation went. Connie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for inviting uh, me to add to this episode. Of course. Uh, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, could you, could you t- start us off by you know, introducing yourself a bit? Sure, yeah. Um, so my name is Connie Venting and I'm involved uh, in getting the Invictus Games to the Netherlands, I think, uh, since uh, 2016 already. So I was um, working in the sports leadership environment and, um, you know, was challenging people regarding personal development uh, in the sports ecosystem. But I thought, you know, let's challenge myself as well, uh, because I'm, you know, one of my drives is... is um, uh, to use the power of sports, uh, especially towards vulnerable groups. So uh, the, the power of sports in healing and um, in personal development. So um, I met uh, Marta Cruijff, who uh, used to be in the military in the Netherlands. Um, he has been Af- in, in, Af- in Afghanistan. So he delivered a, a pitch in the sports leadership program regarding leadership in combat. And uh, he brought someone who participated in the Invictus Games in an earlier iteration. And uh, it struck me, you know, the, the, the power of sports in, in healing, especially for physically and mentally Ill, um, injured uh, veterans. So um, uh, I thought, why don't you just, you know, grab the opportunity and see if we could bring the Invictus Games to The Hague. So I reached out to the Invictus Games Foundation. And ever since I've been working with them to bring the, the fifth iteration of the games uh, to the Netherlands in 2020, uh, we wanted to combine it with the 75 year of liberation after the Second World War. And of course, uh, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, we had to postpone twice. <laughs> uh, so um, um, uh, I'm involved ever since in, in bringing the, uh, this event together uh, with a whole team of uh, experienced uh, people. And um, the good news uh, that we had to push it out twice is also that we have more time to focus on the social impact and on the legacy. And that's, of course, what you want to touch base uh, on today as well. Yeah, of course. And, and so it's finally happening this year in, in April, correct? Absolutely. So uh, uh, we're, um, you know, in full execution mode. So we're crossing fingers on this end. And luckily, you know, what you see happening uh, um, regarding all the rules uh, and the regulations uh, uh, on COVID, um, it's it's moving in the right direction. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. So we expect to to bring on a full flash event as we had hoped um, to to bring it on in 2020, including full spectator capacity and um, uh, a full park with a lot of spectators uh, every day. Uh, to bring a great vibe to this uh, 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 audience, you know, making the next step in the healing process. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I'm sure you're extremely busy, just a few months out now. So, and, I, and I'm wishing you the best with the games. Thank you. So, you know, yeah. So what, what do you think it means to the Netherlands and to, to, the, to the Hague to host the Invictus Games? Well, I think um, it is an, it's, it's a, it's an important event, and um, of course, uh, you know, with the uh, involvement of uh, the Duke, um, and and you know, because it's the fifth iteration, 
um, it brings on a lot of uh, press and uh, I think you know there's a lot of um, interest in the games because I think it is supporting an uh, amazing cause. Uh, so bringing this to the Netherlands, I think it's also um, good for The Hague, especially we chose for The Hague as the location, uh, because, of course, it's an event for a military audience uh, who did bring peace to the world. And The Hague is the city of justice and peace. So we thought, you know, that goes along quite well. So for The Hague, it is important uh, to bring on this event and they are supporting this event. Um, uh, so we also uh, are putting The Hague on the global radar. And I think for the Netherlands, you know, in, in a wider objective, I think it's also important um, to show the role of the armed forces, uh, not just in the Netherlands, but uh, across the globe, because, you know, they are bringing uh, peace to the world. And um, we're aiming, you know, to bring some uh, respect for the veterans as well. So that's always a nice cause to, uh, uh, to support. So for The Hague, the Netherlands, um, and I think for a wider global uh, audience, it's important to bring this uh, to the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think, um, you know, the Invictus Games is a lot of, you know, really important work and really great work, um, you know, raising awareness on various issues that, that impact veterans. Um, so it's, it's really important. And then, you know, obviously I love that we're using sports to, to, to do that. Um, so what do you think that the, you know, just talking about veterans, what do you think that the, the impact of these games are on participants? Like, do, how do you think it helps them? Um, well, I think um, these, uh, these veterans, they have been either me mentally or uh, physically injured. So of course they need to go through a whole healing and rehabilitation process. And, uh, you know, the power of sports, uh, I think in general, but especially for this vulnerable audience is, is very important. Uh, so it is for some people actually a reason to get out of their beds in the morning. So it is a, an actual lifeline. But it's also a theme we are bringing uh, to the games in The Hague, the actual lifeline, which is the heartbeat, which is, you know, um, uh, yeah, the important um, ribbon for the um, uh, participants uh, in their healing process but apart from the the veterans because they uh, you know uh, went through trauma for us it's also important to stress the fact that the the, the role of the friends and family is extremely important uh, because um, if you know one of your beloved ones is is hit by a trauma the impact for the uh, the friends and the family around this person uh, is enormous as well so I think the role um, of a spouse, for example, can, can hugely change if some of your beloved ones, if, if your partner comes back physically or mentally uh, uh, injured, uh, because uh, apart from being a partner, they become caregivers. Uh, so uh, it is changing uh, the way that people connect uh, that, that people connect and I think the impact of trauma on transgenerational uh, sort of transgenerational impact on, of trauma um, in family systems for example uh, is one that we really want to put uh, emphasis uh, on as well uh, because uh, of course the the, the competitors or the the, the veteran uh, the impact on the veteran is enormous, but also on, uh, you know, on the grandparents, on the parents, on, on, on the kids. So we also want to make sure that we show that uh, the power of sports and the power of the Invictus Games, especially for the, you know, the, the, the extra skill of the uh, uh, friends and family is very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mo most of us can never imagine what these, what these people go through and the trauma that they experience. And 
and know how it does impact you know the whole family mm -hmm. their whole community it, it's not just the one person who's impacted you know it it really um you know it's it, it's really hard for people to comprehend sometimes mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know using sport to help connect people to these veterans and what sort of what they've gone through and you know get a little bit more knowledge about what's happening in their in their lives is really powerful and it helps yep. you know as i mentioned you know raise awareness of what what these what these people are going through uh-huh and I think also, you know, what the games is all about is to bring this community together because uh, a lot of them have uh, uh, have fought together in uh, Afghanistan or Iraq, so they know each other from from you know uh, another place mm -hmm. around the globe. But bringing them together also with their friends and family to bring this community together to share their experience in what they've gone through, uh, you know, when they came home from an from an injury perspective, but also from a mental perspective, and also showing. Uh, each other that you know there are other families experiencing similar problems uh, i think that's a relief in the healing process of the whole community already and apart from you know having them uh, making their next step in the healing process i think uh, showing the rest of the world uh, what resilience and perseverance is all about and also you know the, the power of of humankind uh, we say you know um, it doesn't matter if you fall but how do you stand up and how can you show the world that even with a with an enormous injury or with a, a mental setback, uh, you can still uh, stand up and 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 live your life and make a difference? So it's it's very inspiring stories mm -hmm. that we want to show the world as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely inspiring and definitely you know, just an, as it's just a story of um, you know human perseverance and resilience, um, and that that's a really powerful story to 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 be sharing on a, mm -hmm. on a platform like this. So what kind of legacy do you hope that these games are going to leave in The Hague and in the Netherlands? What sort of impact do you, um, you know, do, do you see these games leaving on the community? Um, so um, we like to leave a legacy on various uh, uh, components. So I think from an infrastructural perspective, uh, we like to leave a legacy in The Hague uh, with, for example, uh, leaving uh, power and, and, and energy sockets in the venues where we are uh, organizing the event so that uh, other uh, events that will be organized after the event has taken place can use uh, green green energy, for example. So that's just um, you know an example of uh, an infrastructural legacy that we would like to leave. Um, what we've done, for example, is also we um, we're leaving a, a Cruyff court, which is a, a it, it's it's a, a court where kids in the um, area around uh, the venue, so in the Zuider Park, it's an adaptive uh, sports court uh, for for children in the area that they can uh, use uh, for doing sports. So it's also leaving a legacy that a vulnerable audience um, in one of the areas in the city of The Hague uh, are able to, to play sports together. Um, and, and there's also a field lab around it where there will be a lot of research done um, on um, you know, playing sports uh, in the area. So that's just a couple of infrastructural things that we are leaving behind. Uh, but I think from a social impact, uh, we, we want to leave an, um, a, a legacy as well, mainly on uh, inclusion, on uh, disability, uh, on adaptive sports. So uh, both the Invictus Games Foundation as uh, Invictus Games DH 2020, we are supporting We the 15 campaign, which is a campaign that has been launched by the International Paralympic Committee in Tokyo. 
uh, where we like to create awareness that 15% of the global population uh, has a disability. So um, I think uh, showing the world and also raising awareness of the fact that, that there's a huge uh, percentage of the global population who are suffering of disabilities and you know that we want to stress the fact that we want to include uh, this audience also in, in, you know, in life in general. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, leaving a social impact in our storytelling, in, uh, in joining uh, these uh, movements and supporting these movements, I think that's an important legacy around social impact uh, that we would like to leave as well. Yeah, definitely. And I like how you've, you know, you've thought about multiple kinds of legacy, right? You've thought about your infrastructure legacy, which I love in terms of, you know, green energy and, you know, making, making sports more inclusive and, and accessible for people. And then mm -hmm. also, you know, the social aspect as well, which I think is yeah. hugely important as well. Yeah, and I think especially because this is the fifth iteration of the games already. So um, uh, the Invictus Games Foundation has a lot of experience around, you know, what the power of sports is in rehabilitation. And of course, that is mainly focusing on, on the veteran community. But I think with the pandemic and with the whole, um, um, what you saw happening in the hospitals, for example, uh, you know, and all the service workers and all the health workers, I think, uh, you know, especially if we're talking about mental health, uh, a lot of uh, post uh, uh, of PTSD uh, will might occur in this, uh, you know, in this group as well, um, who were in the front line of the of the pandemic. So sharing knowledge of, uh, you know, the power of sports in. In, um, you know, in, in, in rehabilitation for people with, with uh, mental injuries, if we can share this wider outside the veterans community, I think that's an important legacy that we would like to leave behind as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, I think from, um, you know, previous editions of the Victus Games, I think you're only building on that legacy that each one has mm -hmm. left behind. So I think it's mm -hmm. really powerful and really important to keep, to keep moving the movement forward um, so, you know, thank you for the work that you're doing to right, to talk about this, to, to, you know, to raise awareness of this, of this power that sport has and, you know, the, the issues that, um, you know, veterans are facing. Mm -hmm. um, so do you, do you have any last messages that you'd like to share with anybody listening? No, so I hope that, uh, of course, I would love to uh, meet everyone in The Hague, but I can imagine that not everyone from uh, from Canada can come over as well. So uh, there will be a live stream available. So I hope that, you know, uh, across the, um, uh, the ocean, you guys uh, will hook into the live streams that will be available. And, you know, if you keep an eye on the, uh, on the website, there will be links. And on social, we will uh, definitely um, uh, share all uh, our live streams. So the Canadian team, of course, is participating. So hopefully... You will support your team and the rest of the teams, uh, uh, you know, uh, from overseas as well. And um, uh, I think, um, yeah, I'd like to thank you in, in, you know, providing the platform and also focusing on, on sports and the social impact that sports have uh, has, because I think uh, sport is very powerful in, in, in making a change globally. It, it really is very, very powerful. And of course, I will be watching and hopefully everyone else does watch the Invictus Games. Uh, again, Connie, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I've re I really appreciated it and enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. And good luck, uh, David. Thanks again to Sam and Connie for taking the time to speak with me again today. Um, so, so my key takeaways for this episode are... One, that sport organizations need to do 
more to take the focus off of competitions and more on the participation and the benefits of sports. Um, you know, obviously sports are in many ways still a competition and, you know, there's a space for competitions in sports. But if we want everyone to live, a, you know, when we're talking about an active lifestyle, when we want everyone to live an active lifestyle, when people think of sports, they think of a competition and that's not very inclusive and not very accessible for a lot of people. So we need to change the conversation to participation more. And, you know, I think, you know, following the Invictus Games lead, you know, taking the, you know, try proactively taking the focus off of, you know, who gets the gold medal, who gets the silver medal and who gets the bronze medal, um, I think will help change that conversation and move that conversation more in society to help make everybody more active. My second key takeaway is that I think we need to focus a little bit more on you know, social impact and legacies when we're, when, we're, when we're trying to sell, you know, these mega sports and these mega sporting events and these international sporting events. Um, you know, we always talk about infrastructure and the infrastructure legacy, um, which, you know, is absolutely true and absolutely very important. Um, but, you know, it's very expensive when we're talking about that. And, and so, you know, one thing, example that I can think of off the top of my head is the, for 2010 Vancouver Olympic Games, um, they built the sky, you know, they sent the, the sky train, uh, the public transit out uh, there out to the airport. You know, that probably would have happened anyways if they hadn't hosted the Olympics. But what are the social legacies from the games that wouldn't, that would not have happened if they didn't host the games? Um, you know, the infrastructure is one thing, yes, but, you know, in a lot of times that, you know, probably would happen anyways, but the social legacy is something that would not happen after, you know, hosting the games. And I think we need to talk about that more and highlight that more when we're trying to sell and, you know, when we're talking about the importance of these mega sporting events and, the, and, and why they're so important in today's world. So that's the episode for Sports Social Impact today. Uh, my name is David Thibodeau. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.